0: As one of America's largest financial services companies, Nationwide makes simplicity a
1: priority so financial professionals can help their clients achieve their retirement goals. Nationwide Investment Services Corporation, member FINRA, Columbus, Ohio. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money
2: This is a difficult decision for this Fed today, the hardest in the last 12 months by far. Joining us now to discuss it is Richard Clarida, the Global Economic Advisor at PIMCO and former Vice Chair of the Federal Reserve. Rich, let's start here. How on earth do you expect them to approach this decision today?
0: Well, I think that uh, they, they're, they're juggling a lot of competing uh, data and competing uh, motives, but ultimately inflation's uh, too high, and I think they will come down. We'll know in a couple of minutes that they'll come down on the side of doing a 25 basis point hike. I think if, if they do that, I think it'll be a dovish uh, 25. I think they're going to want to preserve optionality, and, and almost certainly, either in the statement or the press conference discussion, will acknowledge the uncertainty, and probably the increased tightening of financial conditions. So I think that's where they'll land.
2: Let's talk through it piece by piece. You've got the decision, but that's only a small part of it, as you've indicated. You've got the statement, the forecast, the news conference. Rich, in the statement, there is this line here about ongoing increases. Do you expect that to disappear in about 25 minutes? I think I yeah,
0: I lean in that direction. I, I think it will. I think it will certainly uh, if they want to go in the dovish 25 uh, direction, I, I think it'll, it'll disappear or be modified uh, in some way.
1: Rich, do you think that that's the likely outcome? We were speaking earlier today with Betsy Duke, a former Fed governor who said that she thinks the big surprise is going to come with a statement of economic projections where they increase them in tandem with what they said they were going to do. What seems like an eternity ago.
0: Yeah, you know, so much has happened uh, in three months. So much has happened in three or four uh, days. uh, All eyes on the SEP. That being said, uh, Lisa, you know, sometimes uh, Fed chairs, whether or not they be Bernanke, uh, Yellen or Powell, can can, uh, distance themselves from an SEP that they're not aligned with. Depending on where the SEP lands today and the message the chair wants to send, uh, we could see that uh, as well. It's very finely balanced. I think only two of the eighteen, remember uh, Lel Brainerd is now at the White House, only two of the eighteen dots would need to shift up in order to get those, the overall median dot to to shift up, so I think it is very finely balanced on the projections.
1: What would you do, Rich, if you were on the Fed, what would you vote for? Uh, I, I would
0: go for the twenty five uh, I think that uh, inflation is too high. I think that if, if I think that it would be, it will be challenging to pull off a pause uh, right here in particular, you know. The, the whole issue that can come up, we we confronted three years ago. You know, what do they know that we don't know? So I do think they'll go for the twenty-five again. I enjoy doing your show thirty minutes before because <laughs> we'll find out where we land. Maybe I'll do a post-game someday.
2: Rich, we <laughs> should do a post-game. Stick around; we can do that today. I yeah. want to follow up just on the psychology of this. We talked about this in the last couple of weeks. At the Fed, do they really know things we don't know? about the financial system. When Chairman Powell sits there in that news conference in just under an hour from now, Rich, does he know things that we don't know about what's happening in the banking system right now? Well
0: at some level sure. The 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 Fed directly regulates and supervises thousands of banks. It has supervisors and examiners you know on the ground uh, as it as it were. Not all of that uh, goes up, you know, on a daily basis to the chair, to the governors or the vice chair. But sure, uh, part of what part of what the Fed does is it it supervises bank holding companies. So so it knows a lot about the banking system, for sure, an individual bank.
2: You might need a Ph.D. in psychology to understand some of this, Rich. But I do wonder what the psychology of the decision is today. Do you think they look at this and have an understanding that for some people out there, the more dovish they are, the more worried some other people might be?
0: Well, well, that's right, and I do think, uh, Lisa and John, that that the reality is is that you know initial conditions matter. If we were several years ago and we'd not had this overshoot uh, in inflation, I, I think the Powell or the. The Yellen or the Bernanke Fed could well uh, could well pause at a meeting uh, like this, but the the history is what it is, which is inflation is too high. The data since the beginning of the year has been too high. And remember, the Fed acted very boldly uh, just days ago to put in place a very uh, uh, appropriate but but bold liquidity uh, program. And I think they believe that that can address the, the immediate issues in the banking system. The so-called separation principle. They'd like to use rates to address inflation and use the other tools to address financial stability concerns.
1: How do they finesse the byproduct of this, which is a $300 billion expansion of their balance sheet?
0: Well, I don't, I don't know if you can, Lisa, finance a $300 billion. Uh, the balance sheet is actually now moving, and there are different forces on the balance sheet. You have the, the facilities which inject liquidity. The Treasury is running down its TGA account. That's adding liquidity. On the other hand, you have this reverse repurchase facility that's draining liquidity. And then you have QT. So there are a lot of moving parts here. I think today will be status quo. I would be surprised if we see an adjustment in those parameters. But over time, if this liquidity provision persists with these new programs, then at some point they will probably have to address it.
1: Tiffany uh, Wilding of PIMCO came out and said that regardless of whether they go 25 basis points or nothing, this is probably going to be the end of the rate hiking cycle. Do you agree with that? And what is going to be the justification of that if basically we heard from uh, Fed Chair Jay Powell just weeks ago that they were still pretty far away from their goal?
0: Well, they are far away from their goals. I think uh, I think it will be data dependent. Uh, it sounds trite, but I think in this case it, it's true. One thing I would say uh, is that whatever you thought about the tightening of financial conditions uh, before SVB and Credit Swiss uh, and the like, uh, clearly we're going to have tighter financial conditions uh, going, going further. Uh, And historically, when when bank lending is impacted, as it it will be, I think, uh, going forward, that's going to slow the economy. And I think the committee will take that into account. The real question is, when does that start to show
2: up in the data and on their radar screen? So what do you think he'll say if he's asked today whether the recent instability is disinflationary? Do you think he'll address that straight on, head on? Uh, Jay's a, Jay Powell's a straight shooter. I think he will. I,
0: I, think, I think what he would likely say to a question like that is the Fed monitors broad range of indicators on financial uh, conditions, uh, and I think he would put it in the context of broader financial conditions, probably not wanting to single this out uh, in particular.
2: Rich, one thing I've said over the last couple of weeks, in fact, the last week particularly, and I'll ask this question of you as well, when they discuss the totality of the data, does that include bank stocks now?
0: Bank, bank stocks, do you mean? Bank equities? Bank, yep. bank equities, yeah. Uh, well, um, obviously, I'm, I'm not in the meeting. I don't know. I think financial conditions come up quite regularly. Whether or not they would hone in on bank stocks, uh, I'm not sure.
2: Let's get to our next guest, Priya Misra, the head of rate strategy over at TD Securities. Priya, wonderful to catch up with you. Decision 13 minutes away, 25 or pause when two weeks ago it was 50 or 25. What a change
3: it has indeed and i think you've seen the tightening in financial conditions and expected tightening in in uh, bank lending standards you know but we think the market's 80% priced for 25 that the fed goes 25 it's all about the communication beyond but, you know, beyond just looking at uh, at sort of uh, the dot plot, we're actually going to be looking at how does the SCP line up with the dot plot. You know, the economic outlook is extremely uncertain. If we get a sense of the Fed reaction function, you know, how would they respond if inflation is a little high, but the unemployment rate starts to rise? I think that's what I'll be watching. I think we have to be extremely nimble. But we do think that they are going to hike. They're going to try and separate liquidity facilities from uh, from essentially monetary policy. I do hope Chair Powell sells that BTFP program. Program. It's a very generous program. You know, I think uh, talking about sort of removing that stigma, if any stigma exists, I hope Jeff Powell is able to say banks access this. It's against treasuries. It's against mortgages. And here, uh, you know, let us focus on inflation.
2: Priya, Lisa and I just then were talking about Christine Lagarde, the ECB president, earlier on today. No trade-offs between price and financial stability. We will not entertain trade-offs. The ECB has plenty of tools to address financial stability risks. Can you imagine Chairman Powell saying the same thing, in? around about 42 minutes.
3: know, yeah, I struggle with that a little bit because how does monetary policy flow through the economy? It does flow through the banking system and it does through uh, through essentially financial markets. When the banking system is constrained, when financial markets are sort of seizing, freezing, you can use your favorite term, you know, I think then it's very hard to sort of disentangle the two. I mean, I think we have a clear inflation problem. It's not clear how sustained the banking crisis will be. So I think Chair Powell to separate the two entirely, I think would be very risk negative, would make people get nervous that the, that the Fed's going to overdo it. I'm hoping he can use the data dependence, the idea that we've got these tools, but we remain watchful. I'm hoping he can sort of not sound too blasé about uh, about financial stability here.
1: How do you translate financial instability with some sort of equivalency in rate hike?
3: It's very hard. It's the same thing I struggled with with QT as well. These are nonlinear effects. You know, small tightening in financial conditions, I would argue, is what the Fed wants through hikes. When it's disorderly, when it is too much, I think that's when it starts to impact the economy in fairly nonlinear fashion. QT is similar. So I actually don't like the the comparison because, you know, it would be it's assuming some sort of linear relationship between tighter financial conditions and rate hikes, it's really when it becomes too much. So very hard to model. I think it's something we're just going to have to track. We're going to have to track things like deposit flows, lending, you know, bank lending, things like that to get a sense of how is this uh, financial crisis sort of feeding through into the real economy.
1: If Fed Chair Jay Powell comes out, indicates 25 basis points, they're going to hike by that, and there could still be additional rate hikes down the pike, how much does that reprice market that is pretty much counting on rate cuts before the end of the year?
3: So I think the one-year, two-year part can absolutely reprice, because I think we have to understand there's a different threshold for the Fed to stop hiking as there is to start to ease. So I think that zero, you know, the very front end can move. In my mind, the five year, the 10 year, that's much more a view of where's the economy. I mean, we were in the hard landing camp even before this. Now, I guess we're in a harder landing camp because now you've had that tightening in bank lending standards or you will have that. So I think the actually the long end might rally, meaning, you know, long end rates might actually fall because if the Fed is not going to have the flexibility to be responsive to the tightening in financial conditions, that's actually going to make things worse for the economy. So I think only the very front end is going to be extremely uh, uh, responsive to a hawkish Fed. The long end is going to, I think, price in a harder landing then.
2: If you want to just tuning in live on TV and radio, we're counting you down to a Fed decision about nine minutes away alongside us, Priya Misra of TD. Also, waiting patiently, the former Fed Vice Chair, Richard Clarida. Rich, just to bring you back into the conversation, we were talking about how high – the hurdle rate might be the bar to cutting interest rates. Rich, how high do you think the bar is to cut rates at the Fed?
0: Well, I think it, it's higher than it has been in the last 30 uh, years when the Fed was quite responsive when there was any rise in unemployment. Uh, and 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 so I do think. Uh, obviously, I, I agree with Priya. I think it's not only something they will do; it's something they should do, is to acknowledge that there will be additional tightening in financial conditions as banks add uh, liquidity. And I think banks, either of their own choice or with the encouragement of supervisors, will be adding more liquidity, which means slower loan uh, growth. But but I also think that the Fed message from 10 days ago is still relevant. I think they will. I think they will be patient. That said. Once we do start to see the labour market soften, unemployment uh, to go up as the Fed projects, um, then uh, we could see a pretty rapid decline in underlying inflation, and I think they would be data-dependent and respond to that too. But I, but I do think the bar is higher, Jonathan, than it has been in the past 30
2: years. How much damage do you think has been done in the last couple of weeks? And, Rich, the reason I ask that, I'm very aware of how quickly things have moved in just two weeks. Two weeks ago, Chairman Powell comes off his second day of testimony on Capitol Hill opening the door to 50 basis points and bang here we are talking about rate cuts and whether they hike or not at all today and rich i'm trying to stay open-minded about the prospect that maybe regulators authorities come out with a solution for the banking system and then all of a sudden we're talking about the things we were talking about two weeks ago is that on the mind of these policymakers and if it is what's the prudent course of action for them today
0: well I do think it's on their mind. I think it should be on their mind. I think the way they'd like to see this go is by providing very, as Priya said, very ample and generous uh, liquidity. They think that banks can and should take advantage uh, of that. But I think at the margin... Many of the banks that that we're talking about are probably going to have to slow their loan growth in order to have a more liquid balance sheet, and that will have to factor into the Fed's projections, perhaps not at this meeting, but certainly as we go through uh, the year.
1: Priya, we were talking about how potentially we could see a much higher inflationary regime for a bit longer and the Fed would have to go further in terms of a terminal rate. Perhaps the further in terms of a terminal rate isn't as much on the table now as it was two weeks ago. But do you think that overall growth expectations need to come down because of some greater degree of structural tightening by some of these regional
3: banks? Absolutely. I you know I think uh, if you look at market pricing we're not pricing in a hard landing. By the end of next year after all the cuts that the market's pricing in we're pricing in Fed funds at 3%. So I would argue that the market's pricing in you know an early start to rate cuts but then some soft landing by the end of next year. If you have to incorporate the lagged effects of of monetary tightening, the fact that now we're going to have bank lending tightening, I think you're supposed to price in a decent chance of a recession, which means that the Fed funds rate may have to go well below 3%. You know, I don't know about zero, but perhaps the Fed has to go to 1%, 2%, and that's not priced in, which is why I still like the long end of the Treasury curve, because I think as, you know, the savings buffer of the household sector starts to come down, the household sector, the business sector is going to need loans. And if the banking sector is pushing back, that's not going to happen.
1: Rich, I'd love you to weigh in on that. Do you agree with Priya there that you could see a Fed funds rate that goes back to one or even maybe 2 percent, but even 1 percent after all of the discussion around a higher inflationary time? Well,
0: well, of course you could. I think, you know, there are always there are probabilities uh, uh, involved and 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 certainly, you know, there are scenarios where you end up. I guess I'd like to put on the table uh, a scenario which probably would be a recession scenario, according to the MBER. But we could have a rise in the unemployment rate of a point and a point and a quarter, uh, a slowdown in GDP growth uh, with unemployment ending up in the fours. Uh, you know, to me, that would be a pretty softish landing, even though it could technically be a, a, a recession. So I think there's a wide range of scenarios now, probably wider than we've seen in, in decades. And I think that's just going to be a fact of life for the foreseeable future.
2: Rich, one question Tom asks quite often every time we do this. And we miss him today, of course. He's decided to take this week off of, of all weeks. TK's <laughs> going to be back with us next week. We do miss him, of course. The more I say it, the more people will believe me, right? We, we miss it. <laughs> keep, just keep going again it. and
1: again. All right, let's
2: move on. No, Rich, I'll get to the question. <laughs> the question that, that Tom would often ask is why there isn't any dissent on the committee. Is today the kind of day where you'd expect someone to put their hand up, Rich, and just say, I don't see it this way. We need to pause.
0: Great question. I will know in five minutes. I don't think so, because I think if there's going to be a dissent, people would telegraph it in their speeches and commentary. And and Jay Powell's done a remarkable job of keeping a very diverse committee together. We could well see a dissent, but I don't think it'll be today.
2: What is the reluctance to dissent on the committee? What's behind that, do you think?
0: Well, dissents are not, p- people are not reluctant to dissent, especially Reserve Bank uh, presidents. Uh, if you go back, uh, really, you'd have to go back to Volcker years when you actually had governors and indeed, in some cases, vice chairs dissenting. Uh, so for a variety of reasons, maybe we can discuss on a future show, uh, governors are, are, are more hesitant to dissent uh, on a monetary policy decision. But Reserve Bank presidents can and do uh, dissent. And during my time there, we had dissents from, from three Reserve Bank presidents on some rate decision.
1: Rich, you are absolutely welcome back anytime. I just want to throw that out there and we can discuss all about governors and the difference. Priya, before we get to the decision, which is in about uh, two and a half minutes away, any final thoughts on what we should be looking for in terms of the rhetoric, in terms of the statement, in terms of the
3: projections? So obviously what they're going to do with, with rate hikes, we're going to be watching that median dot. I would also look at the distribution of those dots. How many are 575 or six? You know, Is there a hawkish bias to the distribution? And then link that the dot plot to the economic forecast. If they lower the unemployment rate and they increase the inflation number, but they keep the median dot unchanged, that's a dovish reaction function. So it's really about communication going forward, you know, trying to understand the reaction function as we know that the economy is going to look very different uh, You know, three to six months from now.
2: Rich, just one quick one. Do a journalist a favour. What would you ask in that news conference in 32 minutes?
3: Uh,
0: what keeps you up at night... <laughs>
2: A lot at the moment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's going to be literally
2: everything. How's your sleep bitch? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> hey, <laughs> like Richard, thank Balatonin. you. Great to catch up with you, sir. Richard Clowder, Priya Misra.